0: And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Stripe Show Podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill sets and swing speeds. The big week here for Travis Fulton Golf and Encore Golf. Big giveaways happening on our social media. Go check it out. Instagram at Travis Fulton Golf. Twitter at Travis Fulton as we'll be giving away a year supply of Encore golf balls to three different people. So for, so for look at that giveaway coming at you this week, as well as the second annual funniest video contest, big hit last year, we'll be introducing the eight funniest videos that we posted as part of the ten fifteen 15 tee time at Travis Fulton golf. People love it. Eight of the funniest coming at you. We'll be voting them off and, The winner will win a big grand prize. But let's get to the golf here on a Stripe Show podcast. It's going to be a short one for you, because I'll admit, I've taken a little time away from the TV, from the radio, from social media. A little family time, folks. You got to do that once in a while. But I was peeking. I was looking. I was listening. Just staying in touch with the pulse that was the Solheim Cup. And once again... Europe wins 15 to 13. That is four of the last six folks. I tweeted out Europe has figured out this team competition. I'm not going to get into all of the reasons why I think that is. We broke it down earlier this week. Some of the Ryder cup previews, Tom Jacobs was great on the European side. And some of the things that he was talking about that he thinks leads to that camaraderie, to that teamwork, to that playing for your teammate, that passion. And Europe has seemed to capture it. There's no question about it. They certainly have in the men's game. Ryder Cup, nine of the last 12 have gone to Europe. There's no question the unity and the team atmosphere is very present in the men's game with the European team much more than the men's game. I don't know about the women. I'm not close enough to it. But I do know this, that Europe in women's golf is getting better they are getting better, and perhaps this was the best team that they ever fielded, top to bottom, all 12, and they took it to the United States. Because on paper, folks, on paper, if you go to the world rankings for what that's worth, Nelly Korda, of course, is the number one player in women's golf coming into this week. And then after that, the next three are Koreans, and then you go Lydia Ko, fifth. And you've got to go down to eight. That's your next American, Daniel Kang. Brooke Henderson is nine, and then you go down to twelve. Lexi Thompson. She's twelfth. Lizette Salas is fourteenth. So that's four in the top fourteen in the women's game that are Americans. We haven't got to. We haven't gotten to a single player yet on the European team. Oh, there it is, Anna Norquist, who won a major championship, her third in her career just a couple weeks ago. She's the first. Swedish player, of course. She's 16th. There's Jessica Corda, 18th. Keep going down. Allie Ewing, she's 22nd. Keep going. Austin Ernst, 27th. Cupcho, 28th. And then there, finally, the next player on the European team, Georgia Hall. She's 29th. Sofia Popov, the German, is 30th. That gives you an idea on paper how the Americans, on paper, most of the time, if not all the time, are the favorites. But that's why you play the game, folks. That's why you go out, you play the match. And in match play, anything can happen. And where you look at where the Americans perhaps lost this Solheim Cup, I think... Look no further than the first day. In the morning, the Saturday foursomes where they lost three and a half points to a half a point. The Americans didn't get much out of the 18th hole. They were not clutch on the 18th. You look at how those matches came down, some drives end up in the bunker, couldn't make the big putt, Ali Ewing. And the Europeans got out of there with a three-point lead. When you look at it, the United States just couldn't get themselves out of that hole. Saturday four, The Saturday four-ball best ball competition there, they tied two to two. Americans came back the next morning, Sunday foursomes, and won three points and lost one. So they had a great Sunday morning, Sunday four-ball in the afternoon, two-and-a-half to one-and-a-half Europe, and then they split the Monday singles six to six. So that Monday, excuse me, that Saturday morning, the foursomes, the first matches out of the gate— Uh, The Americans just dug themselves a hole and they couldn't get out of it. They couldn't do enough on the 18th green. And that was the difference uh, as Europe wins. You add all this up, you look at social media and you think about in the grand scheme of things, the women's game. I think the women's game is doing great. I really do. And I think the level of play. The golf that I got to watch this week, and I didn't need to see it this week to confirm, I've been watching it. I'm a golf fan. I watch a lot of women's golf. In fact, I've, I see myself watching a lot more in the future. But the level of play is fantastic. We marvel about how good the men are and how deep it is. Let me tell you something. The women's game is going there as well. And I think Team Europe, the level of play that you saw from them, and the depth that they now have, I think, really speaks to that. So, congratulations to Europe. They win fifteen to thirteen over uh, the United States of course. A lot of golf left to play on the LPGA Tour. Be interesting to see how all that uh, shakes out. Uh, but Nelly Corda the number one player in the world, didn't have her best stuff this week. I think her sister Jessica had her best stuff this week. And in match play, man, anything can happen. And let me tell you something. I am. Beyond excited to watch the Ryder Cup in three weeks. In fact, in fact, I think I might be going. I think I might be going. More details on that coming soon. PGA Tour golf. Patrick Cantlay uh, wins the Tour Championship by one shot over John Rahm. Saw my breakdown there of Patrick Cantlay in his swing. I'm running out of things to talk about as we always break down the winner's swing or short game or in putting. And, of course, Cantley, he's won four times now in this super season. He's won four times. I don't think he's the player of the year, though, and I'll get to that here in a second, but he's won four times. And I talked about his short game, I believe, the second time that he won. talked about that little clipper that he hits, little kind of nip shot where he, club head comes in, coming down, catches the ball, then the ground, and then it gets out of the ground quickly. That's what you see tour players do so well is when they're around the greens and they're hitting off oftentimes those tight lies in the collection areas or short of the green or what have it, not in the rough. And you see that little one hop and stop kind of stuff. You see that club head come in, that interaction, the friction on the golf ball, which produces probably the most amount of speed. And then it gets into the ground and then it gets out of there, right? A little bit of shaft lean, but then you see this lead wrist kind of soften. It goes into extension. They don't keep that club head moving down. If they want to hit it with more leading edge, they will. But you'll see them turn the chest, the lead wrist go into extension, that club head pass the handle, and then they just kind of cut it off that left hip. It's almost like you're trying to put the butt of the club in your left hip. Patrick Cantley is really good at that shot. Kevin Kisner. Is really good at that shot. Justin Thomas is really good at that shot. Luke Donald was really good at that shot. A little bit of shafting, not much. Little extension of lead wrist, turn the chest, put the butt of the club right there in your left hip. Work on that tough shot. <laughs> it's a tough shot. You know, I, the margin for error is 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 small. But I think th- that margin for error and that tight friction at the bottom. Club face to ball, clean grooves, is where you you get that spin right. Can't be clunky, and you got to practice it. You got to practice it. Not an easy shot. Cantley so good at it. We talked about that. Then we talked about his putting, and I got a lot of questions about his putting too. This two to one ratio. Cantley probably more than anybody has this two to one ratio. Longer back, shorter throw. I mean, you can clearly see it. I love that. I think that's the way putting is being taught these days. And I think you're going to see more and more of it. It's not new. I and mean, Tiger was probably a little that way. Not quite two to one, but, you know, one and a half to one. Um, and 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 again, the reason that you see this, like Jordan Spieth putts this way, is when you go a little longer back and you give it a little more pacing, a little more pace to the putter head going back, then it has that more cruise control coming through cruise control coming through. And with Cantley at times to the eye, it almost appears to be a slight D I mean, I don't think it is, but it can appear that way in the way that putter head comes to that abrupt stop just past the left toe, very short finish. And again, if you've never tried that and you think, and you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm kind of one to two. I, I take it back really slow and short and then I hit the guy. Ga- I go zero to 60. You won't see very many putters or very many good putters take the putter head back super slow. Think about that. Right. Very, very slow. And the boom, that zero to 60 acceleration is is not, I don't think it's the best way to go about it, but anything's possible. If you get the face to look down your intent in line. So, with can't lay this two to one, that very abrupt finish. I call it the catcher's mitt. You think about the catcher's mitt. Guy throws a pitch or girl throws a pitch and it's coming in 80 miles an hour and it just hits the mitt. It goes 80 and then zero. Right? It doesn't go 80, 75, 70, 60, 30, 10, then the mitt. It goes 80, boom, zero. It's kind of the idea. Putterhead comes in, 80, just a random number, and then boom, hits the catcher's mitt. Very, you know, a bit of a firm finish. Not a stab, but it has a little, you know, a little, it has an ending to it. I like it. I really do. Talked about that. This week, we talked about a swing. Let me tell you something with Cantley. Patrick Cantley worked with Jamie Mulligan, who I've known for a long time. When we started the Stripe Show podcast a year and a half ago, the very first guest on the podcast, and go back and listen to this, I did it from my car in Ponte Vedra with Jamie Mulligan. And we talked about Patrick Cantlay. Now, of course, this was well before Cantlay has emerged onto the scene. He was starting to. But this was the conversation with Jamie Mulligan for the very first podcast was about taking a player, a junior player, and developing him through high school into college at UCLA to becoming the number one amateur player to winning on the PGA Tour. It's a great podcast. You should go check it out. Jamie Mulligan, I think, is probably one of the most underrated coaches in professional golf. And he's a coach. He's not an instructor. He's a coach. And he coaches a lot of different things to his player. Luke List is part of that stable as well. But Cantlay is a different kind of talent. He's a different kind of dude. And you can see it. You know, I, I think... I've really started to warm up to Patrick Cantlay. I think it's easy to say, "Wow, oh, gosh, we want to see that energy. We want to see that reaction. Wear it on your sleeve. As a fan, you can, you know, you can get fired up with that, right? You see it in football, big hit. Get all fired up, running into people. Pounding your chest after a big putt like Ian Poulter. Like, we can see that. It's stimulating. It fires it up. Cantley's not going to give it to you. But what what Cantley will give to you is this ability to get into the zone and focus. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use this cliche one shot at a time. If there is one guy in professional golf that truly looks like he is focusing at one shot at a time, it's Patrick Cantley. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if he's 20 under or he's 10 over. It is like the same dude. That's amazing. I'll I, I tell you, it, it's amazing. And, and perhaps I think the best compliment you can give him is that he can focus all things one shot at a time. He had a kind of a, a, a funny, um, little quote after his, after he won the 15 million and they were talking about his ability to focus and he, and he related to Tiger. He said Tiger, he said I watch Tiger and Tiger can get into this zone and focus on a shot with all of the stuff happening around him and nobody had to deal more than Tiger. And then he would do it and if it was a big moment he could then let it all out, his emotion and react and get fired up or get mad but then but then when the next shot hit he could just refocus back to that zone again. And Cantley's like, I got the first part figured out. I can get into the zone and focus. I just can't let it out because I'm not that kind of guy. And I and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Cantley knows who he is. Patrick Cantley to me has self awareness. He understands the temperature in the room. You can hear it in the way that he answers questions. You can hear it in the way that he talks about Bryce and and, and playing with him and what he had to deal with. And that whole situation, Patrick Cantley has self-awareness. Patrick Cantley is a smart dude. Bryson DeChambeau doesn't have any self-awareness. That's what he needs. He needs to understand more of the temperature in the room. And it would do a hell of a lot of good to his stress level moving forward. But Cantley does. And I appreciate that. I'm warming up to him. I really am. I know a lot of people don't like him. You know, he's got that, just that little weird look sometimes you know i got a weird look sometimes sometimes i look at pictures of myself i'm like what the hell am i doing and it, you know it's just it's just the way he is you know and bottom line is yeah patty ice he he he's becoming patty ice because he doesn't look like he feels any pressure doesn't look like he even cares sometimes he's so in the zone that that is amazing it really is. You talk to, you talk to sports psychologists, Dr. Brett McCabe and others, and I guarantee you, they're like that. Is impressive stuff. What he is able to do as a professional athlete and get into that zone each and every shot with no emotion involved, and let his skill set come out every shot. It's it's really impressive stuff. And Cantlay wins the tour championship, but he's not the player of the year. My vote for player of the year is John Rom. What could have the year been for John Rahm without COVID? Well, let's take a look at the year that was. Scoring average on the PGA Tories first. Top 10s first. Official money first. Birdie average first. Strokes gain, tee to green first. Strokes gain total first. World ranking first. FedEx Cup second. Tied for the low round at Eastlake if they were playing all square. I believe with Kevin Na, by the way, which is interesting. This Kevin Na in the Ryder Cup really is. I'm starting to warm up to a Daniel Rappaport. If you watch, if you listen to the podcast uh, last week, he entered, he was talking about it and i tell you what, Kevin Na's playing some great golf. He really is. And he certainly deserves a look from Stricker. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does there. Uh, but John Rahm's a player of the year. I mean, no one played the sport at a higher level this year than John Rahm. I know he doesn't have the wins that can't lay, but, oh, I'm sorry. He was walking, off the 18th green after up seven at the Memorial. And they're like, Hey dude, you, you, your test came back and you can't play tomorrow. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, he's definitely the best player on the planet and has been Cantley's got the most wins. He wins the season long race of the FedEx cup. But I think when you really look at the player of the year and who was the best player, I think the statistics back it up. And it's John Rom and it was a very I would imagine for him frustrating year considering his two bouts with covid and what it cost him and he's going to now lead Europe into the Ryder Cup as the number one player in the world. Cantley will be on the American team and my goodness. The stage is set. The European Tour's won or excuse me, the European team has won 9 of the last 12. We talked about it on the podcast. Quite a bit over the last two weeks. Kurt Byram and Daniel Rappaport on the Ryder Cup USA team breakdown. Go back and listen to that. We talked about who our our picks were going to be um, for the Ryder Cup, and mine are still going to be the same. Although I'm considering, I'm considering Kevin Na instead of Sam Burns. I'm considering not Kevin Kesner. No, I'm not going there. I'm considering Kevin Na. Still giving the slight edge to Sandberg. I'm stubborn. But anyway, Tom Jacobs joined me uh, last week. European team. Wonderful breakdown. Go listen to that. Young man is very smart. Really enjoy listening to Tom Jacobs and the breakdown of the European team. They've got the BMW championship next week over there in Wentworth. And that'll be the last tournament for them to qualify for the team. Stricker, he's going to pick his six picks here next week. Uh, And then uh, Podrick. He'll have three picks, and he'll do that, I believe, right after the BMW Championship on that Sunday night. So the teams will be generated uh, this week. Of course, this will be an off week here on the PGA Tour, and then they'll start it all back up in Nampa Valley again, where the season-long race for the FedEx Cup will start once again out there in Nampa, and then it's the Ryder Cup. Now, this week, though, folks, this week is a big week here on the podcast I know there's no professional PGA Tour golf, but my goodness, do we have a huge lineup. And I mean huge lineup here on the podcast. We decided to go no golfers, no caddies, no analysts. Let's just go out in the world of entertainment and athletes and let's have some fun. Well, So tomorrow, very special Stripe Show podcast with one of my favorite comedians, Nate Bargatze. Go check him out. The dude is funny. He loves golf. And let me tell you something. He's a very good golfer too. He's like a three handicap. Nuts about golf. Hilarious. Do not miss. Tuesday, Stripe Show podcast. Nate Bargatze Wednesday, Charles Kelly, uh, lead singer for Lady Annabellum. Loves golf. Great storyteller. Can't wait to hear that on a froggy Wednesday. Those two are good friends. Charles Kelly, Lady Antebellum will be joining us. And then on Thursday... The NFL kicks off Thursday night football, Tampa Bay versus Dallas. We had to have a football player. So we reached out to Eli Manning, and Eli is going to join us. Two-time Super Bowl champion, loves golf, has an about golf simulator in his house. I'm going to be up in Ohio with about golf doing some really cool content. So we're going to sit in our simulators and have a little podcast and talk golf and talk football. And then on a Friday, a special guest, can't tell you who it is, but it's all things, entertainment, athletes. We've got you covered here on the Stripe Show podcast. Just a short one today, a few thoughts to keep you going. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. I know I did. Little family time, got some travel ahead of me. I appreciate you being here. The Stripe Show podcast is growing. Tell your friends. Leave us a comment, smash the light, bu- light button. We appreciate you. Congratulations to the European Tour or the European Ladies Team winning the Solheim Cup. Congratulations to Patrick Cantley, your FedEx Cup champion, John Rom. Congratulations on Player of the Year, I think. I think John Rom is gonna win it. And finally, congratulations to the 25 guys that. Got their PGA Tour card through the Corn Ferry Tour finals. Just a few thoughts here on a couple of these guys as I leave you here. On a Monday, Joseph Brantlett was first. Joseph, 33-year-old from Las Vegas, Nevada. He actually played collegiately at Stanford. Talented player. He's going to the PGA Tour. Trey Mullinex, you've heard of that name. uh, Birmingham, Alabama. He's going to the PGA Tour as we... Scroll down here. Number five, this name, love this player, Christian Bezettenhut. We've talked about him a lot on the Tuesday edition. Solid player. JJ Spawn six. He's going back uh, to the PGA Tour. I go down to 10. Young man that I really like out of uh, out of Georgia, uh, played for Georgia Tech, Vincent Whaley. You've heard me talk about him. I like Vincent. Big, strong kid. I think he's finding his way. He's going back uh, to the PGA Tour. There's John Huh He's 11. He's been on the PGA Tour before. Lucas Herbert, very talented player from Australia. Look out for him. He's going to the PGA Tour. Patrick Rogers, he's going back. Finished 20th. Uh, another Stanford grad. Rogers, kind of interesting, right? You see his name a lot. Seems to be kind of right there on that line, but he's got his card. Kiradek, Deck, Barnrat, 21. He's going back. Austin Cook, 22. Peter Ulam, 24. And Justin... Lauer, folks, he's 25. If you haven't heard the Justin Lauer story, Google it and go listen. Go listen to that interview with Justin Lauer after he got the 25th spot in his card to the PGA Tour. And perhaps of all of the professional golf that was played and all of the great storylines, I think this one might have been my favorite. Go check it out. Justin Lauer, his interview after he got that final spot in his card on the PGA Tour. Folks, thanks for joining me. Travis Fulton here at Stripe Show Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, with Nate Bargetzi. Some fun laughs ahead. See you. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York... Is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter weighted balls made with the high density particles and proprietary nano transitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy